Sweet dreams, cupcakes! It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together we are Mance and Mitchell in your ears of a Saturday like right now, and we're mighty glad you have joined us. Let's say hello to the man who works his magic at the board. I'm talking about the tall guy himself, Nathan Miller. How are you today, Nathan? Hey, good morning, Gary and Suzanne, and very belated Happy New Year to you, because I believe this is our first live show on a Saturday since we dropped the ball to 2022. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, it's the first time we've been with you in about four Saturdays, I think. It's we, been we a have while. Quite a few Saturdays off, and we are happy to be back on on Saturdays live with completely great, great guests starting in January. And if you're going to get into that mode, if we're going to aspire higher, you get first live show of the new year on a Saturday. Yeah. Kelly Sullivan Walden. You can't do better than that. We know this. And, and I therefore, think it- we scheduled Kelly. And I think it's important to emphasize the live show because I believe we might be taking some calls later on the show. Is that correct? Or are we not planning on it? Oh, okay. That's unusual. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not uncommon for Kelly to take calls, except on our show where we get more theoretical. (laughs) We get into into the weeds metaphysically. We'll see. And that's fine. You know, if somebody has uh, an overwhelming urge to call us with the dream and you seek interpretation, some degree of verification that you're not going crazy. You just want to know that the the dream life with all of its potential chaos is there to serve you. Maybe we might make room on our airwaves. So we'll see how that goes in the course of this hour. Right now, I'm more than happy, Suzanne, to read Kelly Sullivan Walden's bio so we can get this party started. I would love that. Kelly Sullivan Walden is on a mission to awaken the world to the power of dreams. She is a certified clinical hypnotherapist whose unique approach to dream therapy led her to become a trusted advisor, coach, and consultant, enriching the lives of thousands of individuals along the way, including Fortune 500 executives, UN ambassadors, celebrities, inner city kids, and stay-at-home moms. That's not exactly a niche market. That covers just about everybody. (laughs) Her dream insights have been featured on many national talk shows, including the Dr. Oz show, Ricky Lake, The Real, Bethany, Coast to Coast, and Hallmark's Home and Family. Kelly is an inspirational speaker and workshop facilitator, also founder of Dream Life Coach Training. That's an online training program to empower people to develop dream mastery. And last but not least, she is the host of Ask Dr. Dream on Unity Online Radio. With all of those arrows in her quiver, we're going to have a full hour as we say hello once again to our friend Kelly Sullivan Walden. How are you doing, Kelly? I am so happy to be with you too. And what an honor to get to be a part of the new year with you right out of the gate. Absolutely. What an honor. What a, what a blessing. And I'm just so happy to get an hour with you too. I am so lucky. If happy new year doesn't have a a long shelf life. It's the first time we've had a chance to talk to you. And well, here we are on the 15th of January, 2022. And Susanna, <laughs> all I, month long. <laughs> we are exactly. We're curious about how your New Year celebration went. Did you get the whole gang together? Were there fireworks or did you do some quiet dream therapy in the comfort of your own home with a fireplace crackling? It was all inner fireworks, Gary and Suzanne. It was very mellow. Um, Dana, my husband, and I. I have a tradition on New Year's Day that we spend the day in silence. So we get along really well on that day. Just kidding. We, <laughs> we, it's a very meditative way to start the new year. It's, it's, it may be my, one of my favorite days of the whole year. So it just, so that to me is, is heaven on earth. It's actually kind of strangely, I mean, I'm not a fan of COVID, don't get me wrong, but I'm always looking for the blessings in disguise. And, it turns out I'm more of an introvert than I ever knew I was. I'm strangely enjoying some of the quiet. Doesn't mean I don't get a little cabin fever every once in a while, but I'm kind of happy to have this mellow 
foray into the new year. Mm. <laughs> How about no. you guys? Well, How about no. you? What Hardy, I was, Hardy? Oh, uh, well, you ought to tell the story. Please. Oh, the don't ball ridiculous. in Times Square was dropping story. second by second by <gasps> agonizing second as we prepared what? to say goodbye to 2021 and hello to 2022. So what did we do? We were going between two stations on TV, just the two of us <laughs> late at night. One was Miley Cyrus and Pete <laughs> Davidson, completely ridiculous. The other one was, who is that unbelievably boring man again? I forgot. Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest was, was with, uh, what's his name? Anderson. Uh, oh, Anderson was, Cooper. Anderson it, it Cooper. It was a snore. And so <laughs> we, we, we had a snore on one side, completely ridiculous on the other station. <laughs> we were going back and forth. They started the, the ball count and in flipping the stations oh god we, what we went to we went to Ryan Seacrest who said uh who it was all over we missed the five four three two one Street. in going back and forth there's no ball dropping <laughs> what happened to the dropping ball there and, the next, and these people are jumping up and down and the streamers are going go, what the hell happened to the countdown here and then I hear those vagabond shoes. <laughs> now you got Sinatra crashing the party. What is going on? We missed it. We, we missed actually, the whole countdown. We missed the countdown. You need a do-over. This is why we all need that universal remote control where we could just rewind. It was, it was so ridiculous. We started the new year laughing our pants off. Now that's hey. it. We were just laughing at how ridiculous we were. Two old people staying up late, wanting to see the new Excuse year. Excuse me. You two are not <laughs> old. You two are bold. You two are magnificent. Those are oh, but old. I would never call you that, but that is, that is funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's so I cute. said to Suzanne, we were on the couch. This is minutes later. And I said, let's mark this as a quirky start to a year. <laughs> where you remember how at the start of the year we couldn't even find the dropping ball and look at how far we've come right. so we're trying to take the positive outlook absolutely and it's very metaphysically oriented because there is no time in the higher right. realms the time right. is truly an illusion so you started off with that <laughs> i think that that uh, that bodes well i think <laughs> I'm going to say it is. It oh, does. Okay. You, <laughs> so you it say, is. You say it is. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'm, it, this is reminding me of something and you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to jump into the deep end of the pool here. Oh, please. And that is you are one of the favorite people we have never met in person, although we now get to at least see you on zoom Hallelujah. and what you may or may not realize is that you are all over our house with <laughs> luminous humanists, 365 ways to go, grow, and glow to make this your best year yet. The Hero's Journey cards, the Awakened Dreamer cards, the books. Our bookshelf has got the whole Kelly section in, in the bookshelf. And so we've never met and we can't get away from you. <laughs> so uh, there is a question here buried. I'm actually going to read today's uh, January 15 from Luminous Humanist, a truly wonderful 365 day book. And today's is your own Atlantis. Some say that enlightened societies such as Avalon, Lemuria, or Mew were just myths. And among the believers, it is said that people can't sustain life together for long in such highly conscious ways without creating some sort of sabotage. But what if these enlightened civilizations aren't myths? What if they are the result of what happens when enough people choose to live from their higher nature? What if their conscious living could be sustained? And what if these realms are still in existence? on a parallel plane. From this perspective, heaven on earth is possible and has been all along waiting for you to recognize it, say yes to it, and jump into it. The affirmation for the day is, my true residence is alive and well, attuned to the highest civilizations of light. 
That is today's word from Luminous Humanist. And now here's my question. Gary and I were talking about parallel universes and the fact that we missed one of these New Year's ball droppings and just started laughing is just like another parallel universe. The dream world is that not just another parallel universe that is as real as anything else. And if there is no time, as many scientists and you have said, then they all exist at once. Yes. Yes. Where do I you love- exist? Where do people exist? I, I think we, we exist on, on some level everywhere all yes. the time. And we're exploring where we're most interested, passionate, and we're so in this moment, here we are, and we're all together. And there's some, I believe there's, well, there's the notion of, of habit. And in this incarnation, we, we have a habit of waking up each morning, no matter where we've been in our dreamscape, we have a habit of coming back into this reality. I was just talking to a friend of mine whose mother is right on the bridge between this world and the next, and she's had dementia for a while. And it's mm. kind of a, a belief that those with Alzheimer's and dementia, their their bodies are still here, but their minds are anywhere but. And it might seem from this perspective in this world, oh my goodness, those poor people, that's a horrible plight that they have. And yet I believe in from their perspective, they're, they're just traveling and there's just a part of them that's located here. But yeah, we, I like the notion that there are multiple simultaneous universes and we have some connection to all of them. Our dreams, when we remember them, I think they help us to remember that we, that we are a part of something other than what's happening simply in this three-dimensional reality. I think they're all, they all deserve a nod at the very least, and maybe even a little bit more attention, but we can't, we could get overwhelmed with the multiple simultaneous universes. What do we do with all that? So I just say, whatever we're dreaming about, let's pay attention to that little relic and see what that has to teach us. And, and, you know, I want to say there is a matter of choice in here too. Mm -hmm. And the dreams are, are going to play a role in the choice that we're making for the reality that we are living in because as, as Gary and I were discussing in preparation for the show, um, there are people whose reality is, I'm very sick, I'm very injured, I have COVID, I'm in the hospital, I don't know if I'm going to live, I don't know where my family is, if they're going to be okay without me. There is a, an entire reality based on that. When I see the commercials for the St. Jude's Hospital, which they seem to be running a lot of these days, and you have a lot of disabled kids on there talking about, you know, thank you for everything that you do to support us, and Mm -hmm. we're happy the hospital is here. That's their reality. You have the reality of, of people who are saying, you know, I have to mask up, I have to go to the store, I have to pay my bills, live my life, do my laundry, clean my house, yada, yada, yada. You have another reality of, it's like there are so many, Mm -hmm. you know, people who think that um, they're, they're victims of life. I am a victim of life. Everything bad keeps happening to me. I don't know why. Bad things just keep happening to me. Mm That is a reality. That is a choice that everything keeps going wrong. Right. There's another choice that says, you know, everything keeps going right for me. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing to deserve all this, but it's like everything I touch keeps working out on my behalf. And so like, isn't there a matter of choosing your reality and then allowing that dream reality to play into your best choice. I like that you said we can create heaven on earth. That is a reality. It can be. If you watch too much news, you're not going to think that it'll be harder. Yeah. Much harder. 
it's a, it's kind of like trying to swim through concrete. So I think a little <laughs> bit of news, a little bit, um, it's like that in the course of miracles, they say, look at the crucifixion, but dwell not on it. So I think every day, let's give a little nod to the crucifixion that's happening in the news on social media, and then pff, let's do what we can do to, to create. I love that the Toltecs perspective is that there's the first attention and the second attention and the first attention. That's what we've been given when we, we came into this world as these precious wide open little angel beings that are connected to the multi-dimensional universes. We see angels where that's why you see babies going, Ooh, we're connected to all the love everywhere. And we are indoctrinated into this world, which we need to be in order it's like that saying, learn the rules so that you can break them mindfully or correctly. <laughs> so we ha- we learn the rules and that's the, f- the first attention. We're taught, this is how you be a good boy. This is how you be a good girl. These are the rules and we must learn them to some degree, or we don't survive here very well at all or at all. But I believe everyone who's listening to this program, to KKNW, and especially to Manson Mitchell, these are people that are now in the second attention, which is where you choose where you want to put your attention. You're not just swallowing the status quo point of view and what everybody is continuously telling you is so. We're peeking deliberately behind the curtains and we're curious about what else is there. And we also use our own bodies and our own spirits as a litmus test to discern what feels true and what doesn't feel true. So I think this is this is really important. And perhaps in my perspective, and one of the reasons I wrote this book, Luminous Humanist, is because every day as I was writing it, and I mean, every day I do a little meditation, but I noticed in the writing of this book, in order to write it, I had to sync up with this higher perspective. I had to stay there. I couldn't write it from the ordinary place. And every time I wrote it, I felt like brick by brick, I was kind of making that reality a bit more solid and easy to find and get to the next day. And so I think we it, it requires some work. It's not effortless. It's not just handed to us. It's not just a given that we're going to peek behind the curtains and have this alternate reality that we choose. We can be in heaven or we can be in hell right now. It's not about what's going on. It's about our point of view. And I've got an example of that I can tell, but I can feel Gary about to say something. So, and I'll. No, no, that's quite all right. I'm listening. No, I want to hear. I want to hear what's percolating over there. (laughs) It has to do with people not agreeing on what the truth looks, sounds, or feels like. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're in a a particularly difficult pickle in our society. (laughs) And it may be a global problem when you think about it. But in the United States of America, there are subjects that I will not touch in polite company. And don't think that it's sex or religion, because I'll talk about either one of those (laughs) added infinitum, if not ad nauseum, about any time you like there. However, when you get into politics, it's getting dangerous at this point for you to express an opinion and defend it in an intelligent, articulate way as best you can manage, because the other side of a great national divide in our politics is peopled with those who simply assume if you're not with them, you must be against them. And your opinion, however well thought out, doesn't count after all. Right. My sister, my sister always comes up with these really interesting frames around things. And she, she said, it's just like those, those pictures we used to look at back in the seventies where there'd be, is that an old lady or is it a little girl? And it's all in the same picture. And it depends on the way your brain is wired. You see Mm -hmm. two completely different things and you will defend it say, look, it's so obvious. It's an old lady. No, it's so obvious. It's a little girl. And I feel like there is something about the way we're given to see. And we are, I think people are not making up the stories that they're holding tight to They're They feel a very, they feel totally justified. It's, they feel like this is that this is a true reality. They'll defend it. They, and it's, 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 it's kind of an amazing experiment. I mean, it's tragic 
don't get me wrong, <laughs> but, but it's also, this is what we humans do. We have free will. We can see what we want to see, and then we'll back it up with, with evidence. And I think the bottom line is, and I think I attribute this to Byron Katie. She said, what's true. There's very few things that are empirically true. And I think we could, we could agree that there are some empirical truths here when you talk about science, but she said her litmus test for what is true or what isn't, and I buy into this, is does it give me peace and freedom? And if it gives me peace and freedom, then then that's what's true for me. So I think that's what we have to find within ourselves. If it gives us stress and anxiety and makes us pissed off, then I think we need to keep questioning a little bit, perhaps. Well, and also back to this idea of creating heaven on earth, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're starting in a u- new year, but we have the same old news on the news station. Yeah. And yeah. I'm saying, now, how do you make a new year actually new? Well, you make it new with a new perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, you, you can't wake up and say, oh, I think I'll have a new perspective today. But you can use your dream life to influence yes this waking life. Yeah. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, how what what uh, what a dream work process is and how you can use that to better this existence. Oh, so I believe, as Einstein did, (laughs) this universe is friendly, it's on our side. And I believe our dreams are our higher self speaking to us. And it doesn't mean that sometimes our dreams aren't very mundane, very ordinary sometimes, and sometimes just flat out bizarre. But ultimately, I believe our dreams come from a more intelligent part of our our being, our consciousness. And no matter what we're going through, we all dream every night. It's very rare that somebody truly technically doesn't dream. That would mean that they're probably on some very serious meds, but most of us, whether we remember them or not, have three to seven to nine vivid dreams every single night. And I believe those are trying to help us. It's information that's trying to bleed through to give us some some insights and liberation. Can I give you an example of one that I was just writing about today? Please do. Mm -hmm. So I may have shared with you about her before, but um, I I had a client years ago named Claire, who was young. Um, she was 14 when she first came to see me and she, she had cystic fibrosis from the day she was born and had been in multiple comas, had lived more in the hospital than out of the hospital. And when she was out of the hospital, carried around a, um, um, a breathing tank, an oxygen tank, lots of problems and challenges in this girl's life. But for whatever reason, she had this series of dreams and this is why she came to see me. She had a dream and this recurred over and over in different iterations. Basically starts off with this Jack and the Beanstalk kind of green bean pole that took her and she, she and her friend climbed it and they went up to heaven being a kind of an atheist. She called it just the cosmos. And, but up there, she didn't need her oxygen tank. She could do cartwheels. She could run. She could do all kinds of things. And she knew the answers to everything, including why do I have cystic fibrosis? And she got this answer that came through and it was, you've done such a great job in all of your lives that you, this life, you get the gift of a short life. And while it's short, it will be very sweet You will meet people and have very profound interactions. And she said, you mean it's not a curse? It's not because it's something I did wrong, which had been her belief all along until this dream, that it was because of something wrong that she had done. She was feeling guilty. And that dream helped her to shed that. It was like, oh, I'm here to do something positive with this. So in the dream, this is like part two of what happens in the dream. She's given the assignment to be a bridge angel. She'd never heard of this phrase. She didn't know what it was, but she got this job assignment kind of download that when people were ready to pass on, she was, she was 
assigned as their guide because she knew how to get up this bean pole all the way to the cosmos. And she loved it so much. It was so amazing. She was a perfect spokesperson for it. So all the people would resist on when they were starting to pass away, they would fight it and they would fight it. And she had to sell it. Like, you got to trust me on this. It is the most amazing thing. Come with me, please. And she said she was very convincing, except once there was one guy that absolutely would not go with her. So she let him go and he ended up becoming a lost soul. And it was, it was reported back to her. You gotta, you can't let him go. You've got to do your job. So every night for months, she's having these dreams with different people at the time of their passing. So she comes to me to want to know what to do with this dream. I'm like, Ah, first of all, I'm signing up to have you be my bridge angel when the time comes. So let me get my (laughs) name in there right now. But secondly, it's just, she ended up, she's an artist. So she drew pictures of what she saw so that her, her younger sister and her mother and her father and this community of people that love her, they all had this vision of where Claire would be when the time came that she would pass they could they could see her so there was some it gave a little bit of peace and also it gave everybody this sense of peace it gave claire a lot of peace about what would happen when she passed she passed two years ago and it was i mean there were thousands of people at her memorial it was i mean she became a sensation she had been on the dr oz show she had gotten Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, there was just all these celebrities that were her fans because she decided to use the time that she had here to make the most of it. So the dream, I mean, it's part of her spirit, but we can, I think one of the ways that we can choose to have a more, have a better incarnation while we're here is to also look to people like Claire for clarity, for inspiration if we can't do it ourselves and let's say, well, what are they doing? And wow, if Claire could do that and she could barely breathe. And this girl had to go, I mean, she, you can't even imagine what she had to go through. And yet she was still like, don't take a single breath for granted. Every breath is sacred be here. So, and, you know, partly she got this, this insight from her dream, partly it was her, but I think she kind of points in the direction there's others like her. And I think we can all sort of map that onto ourselves and say, I'll have what she's having. And it's a new year. So we can, we can do that. If she could do it, then, well, I think. What a beautiful example. Yeah. Thank you. Making the best of the time that you have. Yeah. I'll just throw in a little plug for her. Claire's place foundation is still up and running in her honor. They help to serve families that are struggling because most caretakers can't work because they're child with cystic fibrosis is a full-time job. So they need a lot of care and help. And she creates these care packages, Claire packages. Anyway, that's so Claire's place foundation. If anybody wants to check Claire out. Thank you for mentioning. That's great. We're going to take a break now in our attempt to make the best use of the time we have left. We're talking with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Just one of her wonderful books is titled luminous humanness. 365 ways to go, grow, and glow to make this year your best year yet. It's still early. You can jump on a book like that. Wonderful hardcover edition. Suzanne and I read from it. Well, mainly it's Suzanne reads and I listen daily with it. And the idea is one day at a time, everybody, one foot in front of the other. You can get there, especially if you're clear about where it is you want to go. And your dreams have a lot to say about that. We're going to get into those weeds, metaphysically speaking, on the other side of a short break. We are Manson Mitchell. Glad you're with us. Give us a couple of minutes and we will be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine. With all your itinerary, we could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please, get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. 
If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcome Elizabeth Wilson, who has a fresh take on the way of transformation and human ascension. Aspire higher. On Saturday, Sasquatch researcher Tom Yamarone joins us to discuss the everlasting intrigue, including revelations about cases and faces in the evergreen lore of Bigfoot. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our very special guest this hour, Kelly Sullivan Walden. Kelly has a plethora of wonderful books and cards. Gary and I have been pulling the Hero's Journey cards now for three years, Kelly, once a week on Saturday. And today, Gary pulled number 16. You're in great company. And I pulled number two, The Quest. So both of our cards are action cards this week. His is pull back to propel forward and mine is plunge boldly into life. So we're eager to see what this week brings as we have our hero's journey cards. I want you to uh, let our listeners know about your books, about the cards, and about anything that you might be able to invite our listeners in on. How's that? Wow. Thank you. Well, I'm so honored that you all pulled, that you've made that part of your tradition and ritual, pulling the hero's journey oracle, dream oracle cards. Three that makes years. me so happy. Yeah. Three years. Every Saturday. Oh, wow. I feel so honored. I feel like I'm with you in that. You are. Um, <laughs> so there's, um, there's some, the app version of the hero. So some people prefer the app version because they can take that with them wherever they go. There's the hero's journey dream oracle app that's available. Also, there's the Luminous Humanness Meditation app that's also available on iTunes or Google Play, wherever you get your apps. And there is a a Luminous Humanness, um, there's music, you can get it on Spotify or, and my husband, Dana, there's a little bit of me singing in there with um, (laughs) auto-tune to help me out, but it's beautiful kind of meditative music and Dana is amazing. The, what I'm really excited about at this moment, besides luminous humanness, which I'm, I've been, that was kind of something that I've been working on for a long, long, long time. I am excited to be working with the shift network on a program called the way of the awakened dreamer, seven dream work practices to reinvigorate your life and re-inspire your soul's wildness. So there's an element of wildness and, and soulfulness, and it's all about how to, it's, it's very much an extension of the conversation I get to have with you too, that it's about dreams, but it's also about it's their application in our spiritual development and how, and the practical ways we can bring it into, into our lives. So we're two weeks into the shift network course, but they still have enrollment open and um, it's all, all the program is, is archived. So you can get that. I have a short URL. It's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash awakened dreamer, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash awakened dreamer. And everything else can be found on my website, Kelly Sullivan Walden.com. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. I've started to <laughs> tiptoe into TikTok 
oh, I'm very, very slow. My husband's been pushing me and I've, I've got a few TikTok videos up there. So I'll just say that I'm, I'm trying to expand my repertoire. <laughs> I think that's fine. And if you make, as I know you to do, you make the best use of your opportunity, even on TikTok, where I can see where you would reach a new audience and at the same time, a lot of people, millions of people love TikTok for what appears to me anyway, to be mere or pure spectacle. Yeah. I mean, they do funny things on skateboards and dance crazy and all yeah. the stuff that you can think of, but you're using it in order to reach people with the kind of information that shows them a way forward. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a I feel like there's no business like soul business and dreams are one way to help us get in touch with our soul. To me, I feel like that's really the shortcut to having a life that is meaningful and has depth and connection is how do we, how do we incorporate our soul into our lives? So yeah, what I'm, what I talk about on so far on TikTok, it doesn't mean there's not a silly side to me that just wants to play and be goofy. I may be, I may dance at one point. I don't know, but right now I'm, I'm just using it to talk about some of the things that to me, I feel are important ways to use dream work to elevate your soul. You know, in this reality, we, we kind of understand getting from point A to point B and having breakfast and showering and going to work in the dream world. Things are so crazy because they don't make a lot of logical sense. Sometimes they look like they make sense, but a lot of times dreams are so out there and so peculiar and so bizarre. Mm -hmm. How can people begin to look at dreams to help them think about them? Because they'll say, you know, oh, I just had a crazy dream about you know, somebody throwing rats down the street. I mean, where, where do you start, you know, with things that are like so far out of the normal reality, where can right. you start in your dream work to begin to make sense of dreams that don't seem to make sense to you in your waking life? Well, I, I have a dream interpretation formula that I give people just so that they're, they don't throw that dream out because it doesn't make sense. It's, it's what our mind does. It's because we are, we're surrounded by a glut of content and information. And if something doesn't make sense, we tend to just discard it so that we can, mm -hmm. so that we can navigate our lives. It makes sense to do that. But before we're quick to do that with dreams, I give you this little formula for how to work with a dream so that you can start to see that there's, there's more to it than just what our normal um, prefrontal cortex would, would see. So um, I can talk about, should I share jet set? Yes, sure. All right. So I have this, this little formula. I'm always coming up with the next thing as a, as the easier, like a way to make it easy for people to work with dreams. And I use the acronym jet set because it's kind of what we want our dreams to help us do. We want flying is is really where it's at. When we have a flying dream, that's kind of, basically it's kind of the pinnacle of what, what we know, what makes sense to all of us about liberation and freedom. So we want to be frequent flyers. We want to be on the jet set. And also we want to move pretty quickly through a dream. We don't want it to take all day. The J stands for just the facts, ma'am. So in your journal or in the ear of a friend who's got, who's willing to listen, simply be brief and concise about what happened in the dream without judgment, if possible. The E is for the energy or the emotion of the dream, which might not be obvious. So you, you it might be, I'm at Disneyland, but it was horrible. Or so we don't, just because we see a scenario, we take for granted what the emotion is. But if we really ask, the energy will tell us a lot of information. In fact, mo more information in the energy than probably anything else. Then the T is for the title and or subtitle. So if it were a movie, what would you, what would you title it and be quick about it? Go with the first thing that comes to you. This doesn't have to be something that Martin Scorsese would ever pick to actually put on <laughs> as the title of a film. Just give it an easy way to remember it, basically. And that quick title and subtitle is basically a very, it's a very um, powerful clue 
to what that dream means for you. And then we get to this, to the set S is for the standout symbols. There may be a very long dream with lots of symbols. This is where you simply get connected to maybe the two or three symbols that feel the most curious or vibrant or bizarre or impactful to you. And then, and what they mean to you, like, what do, if like Susie said, rats out a window, what's a rat? Imagine you were an alien and ask yourself, what is, what's the nature of that thing in a window? What is the nature of that? And throwing something, what's the nature of that? So what does this mean to you? And what's your association with that? The second E in jet set is a big word. And it's kind of, it kind of scrambles some people's brains, but I use it anyway, because I feel like it's a shortcut. The word is enlighten. How is this dream trying to enlighten you? In other words, I believe every dream comes to us in the service of our health, healing, and wholeness, regardless of what it is, even if it's a nightmare, even if it's bizarre, even if it's ordinary. So in other words, how is it trying to make you a brighter, lighter, better version of yourself? In other words, how is it trying to enlighten you? And then the T, the final T in Jet Set is for now, how will you take it to the streets? How will you materialize it? How will you do something tangible in your life with that? It might simply be sharing it with somebody. It might simply be that you're journaling this dream, but I always suggest that you stretch yourself a little bit and you get creative with it. You get, you access your five-year-old self to get playful with how might you, for example, a few nights ago, I dreamt about kind of a Jack in the Beanstalk like big pole. And this guy who owned it was going to sell it for a thousand dollars. And I, and the narration in the dream was, thank God he didn't sell this thousand foot thing for like, oh my God, he would have given that away. And I woke up thinking, God, that reminds me a lot of like the goose that lays the golden egg. I'm like, oh wait, that's a lot of, that's a lot like the Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh. And then I had just been writing about Claire. And so it all kind of came together, this access to a higher realm. So Dana and I had green beans last night for dinner. <laughs> we don't normally do that. So that was one way that I took it to the streets. It was like, I'm going to go out, go to the store and get these green beans and just kind of give a nod to the dream maker. I'm paying attention. So it's the, something silly sometimes on the waking real. And also I'm writing the story about Claire. So that's also another way that I'm taking it to the streets, but it's do something tangible, tactile with this dream. I think we got all of Jet set in, just the yeah. facts, the energy, the title of the dream, standout symbols, enlighten, and take it to the streets. Woo! I, I took some took some yeah. notes here. So A very plus good. for you. A plus. Yeah, and also that that's great for listeners that want to take that dream and, and want to know what to do with it when you're journaling. It is a good idea to have a little bit of a formula just to help you get started until you're very comfortable with not only the journaling, but your own self-interpretation. If, um, you know, if you want to begin uh, to think about what, what does this dream mean to me? You know, what, what is this? Because when we're dreaming, we want to incorporate that into our reality in some way that's going to benefit us. Otherwise, what are we doing all night long for all those hours? Right. For one third of our lives, by the way. And ultimately, I think our dreams are not just a cerebral exercise to to be had. They're meant to be something that we embody, that Mm -hmm. we meditate on, that we that we sit with, that we move with, that we contemplate as we move throughout our lives and, and we remain curious. It's not like this is a, um, a, we're solving the case and we've figured it out and we put it on the shelf and we're done with it. It's this reality that, that keeps whispering to us. I mean, this dream that this dream to me about this beanstalk continues to, to inform me and it just thinking about it, it kind of is like a, like it kind of, aligns me to something higher that I wouldn't otherwise. So it's sometimes it's just courting it as if it was a relationship, as if it was a beloved and you wanted to have it reveal more information to you. And one way to do that is by spending time with it. 
and by being curious and not just saying, oh yeah, I've got you all figured out. I know who you are. All right, move on. I'm not listening anymore. Like, who's going to talk inside of that space? But it's like inviting it to keep revealing itself to you. If I don't uh, write down my dreams, if I don't put them uh, to paper, then, you know, frequently they just disappear. And, and oftentimes if I, if I don't think about it first thing in the morning, I, I'll, I'll, there'll be a fragment and then the whole thing is puff of smoke that goes away. So there's yeah. many, 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 many dreams that have been long forgotten. What interests yeah. me are dreams that I recall in my waking life repeatedly. Mm. Oh, I remember yeah. when I had that dream, it was a few months ago. And then a few weeks or months go by and I remember it again. And so I will have dreams that kind of pop into my awareness at times. And I don't know why I'm thinking about it again. But as you said, it's a good place to kind of mine for information. Why am I thinking about that dream I had months ago? And why have I thought about that two or three or four times since the first time I had it? There may be clues in there about a direction to take or a decision to make or, you know, something that would really benefit us, I think. Right. Well, there was a Harvard study that was done years ago, and the the essence of the conclusion was even if you don't know what the dream means, if you don't interpret it, just by remembering a dream, you tend to make better decisions in your life. You tend to have a bit more confidence. It's, it's as if the, the, just the sheer remembering of the dream is connecting the hemispheres of your brain. It's connecting the as above, so below. There's, it, there's a connecting bridge that happens in remembering a dream that seems to fortify us in our waking lives, making us better we can, we tend to just feel more confident and better navigators of our lives. If we want to take it to the next level there, I believe then we do some work with that dream and we don't have to necessarily interpret it scientifically. Like this is absolutely empirically what it's, what it means, but it, what I mean is by just shining some light on it and working with it and having it be an active symbol, especially if it's like you said, Suzanne, if it's a recurring dream, I consider that those are important dreams, even if they're bizarre, even if it's like, ah, I've already done this before. Consider that that's a, that's a way through. It's kind of like the rabbit hole that you're meant to take a deep dive into. We're surrounded by thousands of bits of information constantly. We can't possibly understand them all. We can't possibly pay attention to them all. So I like to just say with our dreams, Let's just at least take one symbol from each, from a dream in the morning and just carry it around as if it was a touchstone that we, that we put in our pocket. And then we just think about, Hmm, aunt Mabel. Wow. I love that apple pie. I love the feeling I had around her. What was that about her? Wow. Those old shoes that I used to wear, man, I used to dance in those shoes. That gives me something. It's like just the contemplating it. It's kind of like just carrying it with us gives us something. And then of course there's the next place and the next, but it does connect us with a wiser aspect of ourselves. And a lot of creative people, I just read an article these days. It was um, in G in GQ magazine about Sandra O oh and um, even what's his name? Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch are big, big dreamers. And they absolutely pay attention to their dreams to help inform their creativity. And there's a, there's a whole lot of others that are catching on and it's, so it's a valuable resource. That's free. Many decades, many decades ago, I read, uh, I, no, I didn't read. I saw on television, there was an entire culture dedicated to dream work Oh, yeah. And it was what we would call primitive. These were not well-dressed people. <laughs> they were people hardly dressed. It's all relative. <laughs> <laughs> I love that loincloth. Wow. And, and they would go over their dreams on a daily basis. And in the, in the uh, program that was done about it, and I've tried to find it since then, I've been unable to find it. But in the program, there was a little boy who had dreamt he was being chased by a tiger and the, and the grandfather says, I want you to go dream that dream again. And 
you know, this time, let the tiger catch you. Don't keep running away mm-hmm. and turn mm-hmm. around and face the tiger. Yes. And, and yes. so he was directed, go and dream that dream again. Mm-hmm. And so the little boy did. And, you know, the second time when he was being chased, he stopped, he turned around and the tiger was something hugely friendly. And I, it was like a stuffed tiger, although I don't know that they had stuffed tigers in that village. But it was like that. An it ally. was it it was loving and warm and fuzzy, and and he and the child grabbed onto it. So there was actually an, an entire culture that used dreams to mm-hmm. live their lives, to get yeah. over their fears, to advance themselves, to progress in the world. And and I thought that was hugely fascinating. I had never heard anything like that before or since. Oh yes, there lots of indigenous cultures. This is this is their primary source of news. This is their primary source of working with the ancestors and identifying what what to plant, what to eat, what to grow. Um, I believe I'm, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say it's the Sonoy that you might have that you might have been watching because this is one of their dream practices. Doesn't mean that other other dreaming cultures don't do this. I mean that. Australian Aborigines, we know they they consider the dream time the, the the most valid time and and the time that we're awake is like this is this is really the dream. So they invert it. But in this the Sonoy, and I'm a big Do fan. Do you know how I to kn- spell it? S-E-N-O-I. You have to be careful though, because there's a lot of controversy about them. I think okay. because they're they're purported. There's um there was an anthropologist named Kilton Stewart in the thirties and forties who lived with them and studied with them. And he, and I know a woman who he was like her great, great uncle. And she kind of like the, the last remaining tie to the, to the, the older version of the Sonoy. And she says that this is absolutely legit. Uncle Kilton said, blah, blah, blah. Basically it's a very enlightened dream tribe. It's not an ordinary all dream tribes have a certain level of enlightenment. Kilton Stewart, the late anthropologist said this was the most enlightened tribe that he had ever come across. And there's people that are naysayers and they're like, no, 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 no. There's, so there's a lot of people trying to discredit him hmm. online, but my friend Angel says, nope, it's, it's absolutely true. The idea is our dreams are meant to empower us. Even the scary creatures that are coming toward us, even though we think they're trying to kill us and they may kill us in the dream, but they may be just killing a part of us that needed to go anyway so that the part of us that can't be killed, our true self can emerge more powerfully in our lives. So it's Mm. a really powerful perspective. And I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Sonoy and I incorporate a lot of their dream principles and practices in the work that I do. Excellent. I'm going to look that up. We are wrapping up this hour. So Kelly, once again, tell people how they can access your latest webinar, seminar, book, anything you want to push. (laughs) Push it, push it. (laughs) On my website on kellysullivanwalden.com is is everything basically. And another way to get there, if kellysullivanwalden.com is too hard to spell, you can go to ihadthestrangestdream.com and still get there in the middle of the homepage you'll see a, a banner for my shift network program. But if you want to just go straight there, you can go to bit.ly forward slash awakened dreamer. Thank you so much for being with us today. We can, we can hardly wait till the next time. I'm yeah, so that excited. Will, that will happen sometime in 2022. Thank you, Kelly Sullivan Walden. Always a pleasure. What a wonderful way to start the new year in such a dreamy way with you, Suzanne and Gary. Thank you so much for having me again. Blessings galore to you and also you too, Nathan, wherever All you right. are. Eileen Grimes coming right up on AM 1150. Have a great week ahead, everyone. 